This is episode 587 of the AWS podcast, released on May 18, 2023. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lesh here with you. Great to have you back. Flying solo this week, but we'll give you all the updates you need to get. So let's start with the topic of analytics. Announcing provision capacity for Amazon Athena. This is a new feature that allows you to run SQL queries on fully managed compute capacity for a fixed price and no long-term commitments. Provision capacity enables you to allocate dedicated compute to mission-critical queries and control workload performance characteristics like query concurrency and cost. You can add capacity at any time, and of course you pay only for the amount of capacity you specify and the time it is active in your account. Now, Athena is a serverless interactive analytics service built on open source Trino and Presto that makes it possible to analyze petabyte scale data with ease and flexibility. It's actually one of my favorite services because I get to run SQL on workloads and data sets without having to do pretty much anything. Provision capacity adds new workload management capabilities that help you prioritize, control, and scale your most important interactive workloads. For example, use provision capacity if you want to run many queries at the same time whilst ensuring queries experience minimal to no queuing. If you have high-priority workloads that require dedicated compute resources, you can use provision capacity to isolate these workloads from others running in your account. It's easy to get started, so check it out. Amazon Redshift has announced general availability of dynamic data masking. Now, Amazon Redshift already supports role-based access control, row-level security, and column-level security to give you that fine-grained security on Redshift data. This is now extended by supporting dynamic data masking, or DDM, that allows you to simplify the process of protecting sensitive data in your Amazon Redshift data warehouse. With dynamic data masking, you control access to your data through SQL-based masking policies that determine how Redshift returns sensitive data to the user at query time. I could have used this on many projects many years ago before any of this existed. You can apply masking on a specific column or list of columns in a table. Uh, Also, you can have the flexibility of choosing how to show the mask data. For example, you can completely hide all the information about the data. You can replace partial real values with wildcard characters, or you can define your own way to mask the data using SQL expression, Python, or Lambda user-defined functions. Additionally, you can apply a conditional masking based on other columns, which selectively protects the column data in a table based on the values in other columns. When you attach a policy to a table, the masking expression can be applied to one or more of its columns. Amazon Redshift has announced the general availability of the merge SQL command. So this allows you to combine a series of DML or data manipulation language statements into one single statement. And Redshift also has announced centralized access control for data sharing with AWS Lake Formation. Now, this supports simplified governance of Redshift data sharing by using Lake Formation to centrally manage permissions on data being shared across your organization. With the new Redshift data sharing managed by AWS Lake Formation, you can manage permission grants, view access controls and audit permissions on the tables and views in the Redshift data shares using the Lake Formation APIs and the console. A great update for Amazon QuickSight, it now has two suites of data ingestion APIs, including ingestion schedule API and incremental refresh configuration APIs. AWS Glue Crawlers now support creating partition indexes. 
So this allows you to automatically add partition indexes for newly discovered tables that will help analytics services such as Amazon Athena and AWS Glue to optimize partition processing to help with query performance on highly partitioned tables. Quick update for Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka or MSK. It now offers a multi-VPC private connectivity that simplifies connectivity and access to your Amazon MSK clusters from your Apache Kafka clients hosted in any VPC or AWS account. And speaking of Kafka, there is now general availability of Apache Kafka receiver and exporter in AWS Distro for open telemetry. Now, this is a secure, production-ready AWS-supported distribution of the OpenTelemetry project, and now you can use the ADOT collector to collect metrics and traces from Kafka and send metrics and traces to Kafka. This release also includes support, of course, for Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka. AWS Lake Formation and Glue Data Catalog can now manage Apache Hive Metastore resources. So this extends data cataloging and data sharing and fine-grained access control for customers using self-managed Apache Hive Metastore as their data catalog. Previously, you had to replicate the metadata. Now you don't. Amazon EMR now makes troubleshooting easier with enhanced error details. Now, normally when you get up and running with EMR, it's not much to worry about, it just does it for itself. However, there can be circumstances where your cluster provisioning fails, like maybe you've got insufficient EC2 instance capacity or there's a bootstrap problem or something like that. Now you'll get more information in the new EMR console, also in the CLI and the SDK. And this is automatically set up for you. You don't have to do anything, but you'll get more info to troubleshoot. Speaking of Amazon EMR, EMR Serverless adds job-level build resources for efficient cost management. So now you can view the aggregated build resource utilization for each job within an EMR Serverless application, which means you can easily calculate cost per job run. And finally, on this topic, Amazon OpenSearch Service announces Amazon OpenSearch Ingestion. This is a new fully managed data ingestion tier that allows you to ingest and process petabyte scale data before indexing it in OpenSearch managed clusters or serverless collections. This is a no-code capability to filter, transform, redact, and route data prior to indexing it in OpenSearch. Let's talk quickly about application integration. AWS AppSync has released enhanced support for TypeScript in JavaScript resolvers, as well as integrated support for source maps in bundled JavaScript code. Amazon MQ now supports RabbitMQ version 3.10.20 and 3.9.27. My friendly reminder to you, keep your stuff up to date. It can make things a lot better from a security standpoint and a performance standpoint. Quick update for business applications. The Amazon Chime SDK now supports Hindi and Thai languages for live transcription. Let's talk about compute. AWS Fault Injection Simulator now supports Amazon EC2 Instance Disk Fill. Now, this allows you to test out what happens when an application runs out of space, you know, the old no space left on device error. Now, these errors are often the result of unnecessary files opened or the lack of log management. Um, we would never do any of this, would we? Um, but what this particular test does is it simulates that particular issue and shows what happens. No new agent is required. The disk fill uses the AWS Systems Manager agent already available on AMIs, and all fault injection simulator SSM documents support things like Amazon Linux, Ubuntu, and now Linux 2023, CentOS, and RHEL as well. A quick new capability for Amazon EC2. It now supports AMD Secure Encrypted Virtualized Secure Nested Paging. That's AMD Sev SNMP, which is a feature on AMD Epic processors, which include the M6A, C6A, and R6A instance types. 
So this gives you even more options for the unique requirements of your workload. AWS Lambda now supports Java 17 as both a managed runtime and a container-based image. So if that is a particular language you want to use, you can get up and running with that. Lambda also now adds support for Python 3.10 as a managed runtime and container-based image as well. Amazon EC2 now supports Ubuntu Pro operating system in a subscription-included model. You can now easily deploy Ubuntu Pro on-demand instances and purchase Ubuntu Pro compute saving plans from the AWS EC2 console and get five additional years of Ubuntu security updates from Canonical. And speaking of licensing, AWS License Manager now supports upgrading of EC2 instances from Ubuntu to the Ubuntu Pro operating system. So this allows you to track it and do it automatically. And finally on this topic, AWS SAM CLI has announced local testing support for API Gateway Lambda authorizers. So this makes it easier for you to test your application containing API Gateway. You can do it on your local machine and deploy it up into the cloud. Let's talk a bit about customer engagement. Amazon Connect has reduced the South Korean DID, the direct inward dial rates for the Asia Pacific Seoul region. And these prices are reduced by 89%, which is pretty good. And Amazon Connect has also reduced the Japanese toll-free inbound minute rate by 46%. So the price cuts keep on coming. And contact lens for Amazon Connect evaluation capabilities are now generally available. Now, this enables contact center managers to create evaluation forms with criteria, for example, agent adherence to talk script or compliance with sensitive data collection practices that can be scored using contact lenses, machine learning powered speech analytics and view aggregated agent performance results. Contact centers can also use public APIs to ingest data like customer satisfaction scores or sales records, etc., from third-party sources such as CSAT survey tools or CRM systems and have all relevant agent performance data and insights across cohorts of agents over time in a single easy-to-use web interface. Let's talk databases. Amazon Keyspaces for Apache Cassandra now supports the in-operator for select queries. So if that's an operator you need to use, you now can. And Amazon RDS events now include tags for filtering and routing in the message body, which provides metadata about the resource that was affected by the service event. The message receiver can use these tags to do payload-based parsing with rule matching, enabling workflows such as routing, filtering, and downstream automation. Onto the topic of developer tools, we're happy to announce the general availability of Amazon Code Catalyst. This is a unified software development service that makes it easier for you to quickly build and deliver applications on AWS. Code Catalyst provides everything you need to start planning, coding, building, testing, and deploying applications on AWS with a streamlined, integrated experience. With Code Catalyst, you can spend more time developing application features and less time setting up project tools, creating and managing continuous integration, continuous deployment pipelines, provisioning and configuring development and deployment environments and onboarding team members to their projects. Code Catalyst has additional new features, such as the ability to use AWS Graviton for CI/CD workloads and deployment environments, which can result in significant cost savings. If you've already established code and tooling in GitHub, you can create a project from a linked GitHub repository, which developers can then work in using dev environments. Work can be tracked by linking issues with pull requests, making it easy to track and understand changes to code. You can choose from two new blueprints when creating projects, intelligent document processing, and static website frameworks. 
Now, Code Catalyst is available in the US West Oregon region, but can deploy workloads into any public region worldwide. Multiple AWS accounts can be connected to Code Catalyst spaces in order to better manage and control access to deployments in different environments like dev, test, staging, and production. And I touched on the dev environment concept within Amazon Code Catalyst. There is now the dev environment dashboard, uh, which is an administrative dashboard for dev environments. The dashboard allows users with space administrator role to centrally view and manage dev environments across projects. An important update for users of the Java-based environments, Amazon Credo April 2023 quarterly updates have been released. So this is for the Amazon Credo long-term support versions of OpenJDK. Let's talk a bit about front-end web and mobile. AWS Amplify Flutter announces the general availability for web and desktop support. So this is version 1.0.0, expanding support to web and desktop as target platforms. Now, Amplify is a set of tools and services that help front-end web and mobile developers build secure, scalable, full-stack applications. With this release, Flutter developers can target six platforms, including iOS, Android, web, Mac OS, Linux, and Windows. Developers can build authentication, API, both GraphQL and REST, storage, and analytics experiences with Amplify targeting the platforms that matter most to their users. Developers using Amplify Flutter can now enjoy a consistent experience for all platforms they target thanks to the complete rewriting of the Amplify Flutter libraries in Dart. This means that Flutter developers can use the same code base and libraries for all the platforms they target, which significantly reduces development times and lets you deliver value faster for your customers. Speaking of AWS Amplify, it supports push notification for mobile and cross-platform apps. So this is for Swift, Android, Flutter, and React Native applications. And it means you can use Amplify to set up push notifications when targeting iOS and Android platforms, which helps you engage your users. And Amazon Location Services added support for long-distance matrix routing. This makes it easier for customers to quickly calculate driving time and driving distance between multiple origins and destinations, no matter how far apart they are. Developers can now make a single API request to calculate up to 122,500 routes. That's 350 origins and 350 destinations, if you're playing at home, within a 180-kilometer region or up to 100 routes without any distance limitation. With Amazon Location's matrix routing, you can reduce the latency associated with multiple rating calculations, which means you can get up and running quicker and get answers fast. Talking about the Internet of Things, AWS IT Core Device Advisor announces support for MQTT over WebSocket. So this allows you to run all three test suites of AWS IT Core Device Advisor, qualification, custom, and long-duration tests using Signature version 4 for MQTT over WebSocket. AWS IT Core for LoRaWAN supports public LoRaWAN network and roaming with EveryNet in preview. So you can now easily connect your IT devices to the cloud using publicly available LoRaWAN networks provided by EveryNet, which is a global LoRaWAN network provider offering carrier-grade networks. And AWS IT TwinMaker now supports data overlays and text annotations in 3D scenes. Now, data overlay allows you to add overlay panels to existing tags in your scenes, and you can also open multiple data overlay panels to monitor different objects at the same time. And text annotation allows you to place text labels into your scenes and provide that context. For example, you can display the name of a device in its 3D model, label the product name and its production line, or describe an inspection text list. It just adds a lot to the experience. 
Let's talk about machine learning. Amazon SageMaker now supports a hosted TensorBoard experience. This launch allows you to use TensorBoard to visualize and debug model convergence issues for Amazon SageMaker training job. Now, if you've not come across it before, I haven't myself. TensorBoard is an observability tool commonly used by data scientists to track model accuracy and log loss on training and validation sets. With this capability, data scientists can save development time by visualizing the model architecture to identify and remediate convergence issues such as validation loss, not converging, or vanishing gradients. Further, the access and management of this capability is automated using Amazon SageMaker Python SDK. By providing TensorBoard as a hosted experience, data scientists will gain optimized S3 read access for the TensorBoard log data and will not have to manually install or configure TensorBoard. Amazon SageMaker accelerates local ML code conversions to remote jobs. Now, this is via the SageMaker Python SDK, which allows you to execute any local ML code authored in your preferred IDE and local notebooks, along with the associated runtime dependencies of large-scale ML training jobs with minimal code changes. And one other update for Amazon SageMaker, Amazon SageMaker Studio Lab combats bots with Capture. So customers are now enjoying more CPU and more GPU capacity with Amazon SageMaker Studio Lab, which is a free service that enables customers to experiment with machine learning code in a Jupyter IDE hosted in the AWS cloud. SageMaker Studio Lab leverages AWS WAF Capture JS API, which challenges customers with simple puzzle images that are easy for humans but hard for bots to solve. This has enabled Studio Lab to reclaim compute that the bots are using and give it back to people who need it. A couple of updates for Amazon Personalize. It now supports Kafka Sync Connector to ingest real-time data. It also enables popularity tuning for similar item recommendations. So similar items generates recommendations that are similar to the item that a user selects, helping users discover new items in a customer's catalog based on the behavior of all users and item metadata. And finally, on this topic, Amazon Comprehend APIs for document classification will now use the layout of the document in addition to text to provide higher accuracy in results. Now let's move on to management and governance. Amazon CloudWatch has added new console capabilities and data visualizations. New data visualization enhancements include metric graphs, gauge and text widgets, and alarm tagging. You can now plot side-by-side -side graphs with different time ranges so that you can compare how a metric performs over different time periods. With gauge widgets, you can configure multiple color-coded thresholds so you can see at a glance how a metric performs relative to your KPIs and spot when it breaches a threshold. You can also add additional information to an alarm such as tags, as well as text and images in Markdown language. Transparent text widgets enable you to clearly define sections in dashboards using headings. We've also enhanced alarms with correlated data links, which lets you drill down from an alarm to related logs and also to Synthetics Canaries and other AWS services. And when collaborating on an issue, you can also share a deep link to the alarm that zooms into your selected time range. Now, other user experience improvements include dashboard autosave when editing, syntax highlighting and code formatting in the source code editor for metrics widgets, and an easier way to plot multiple line graphs on the same widget. Lots of new updates available right now in all AWS commercial regions at no additional cost. And another quick update for Amazon CloudWatch, Amazon CloudWatch Logs Data Protection is now available in all AWS commercial regions. This is a feature that leverages pattern matching and machine learning capabilities to detect and protect sensitive log data in transit. 
Amazon CloudWatch logs enables you to centralize logs from all your systems and applications and services in a single highly scalable service. And with log data protection, you can now detect and protect sensitive log data in transit like credit card numbers, government IDs, etc. Amazon Managed Grafana now supports workspace configuration with version 9.4 options. So you can get several new features, including plugin enhancements to support CloudWatch cross-account querying, open search serverless, querying multiple asset properties from AWS IT SiteWise, and a bunch of other things. AWS Systems Manager now supports the AWS Cloud Development Kit or CDK applications. Now, Application Manager, which is a capability of AWS Systems Manager, allows you to monitor the operational status, metrics, and compliance of your applications through a central console through integration with Amazon CloudWatch and AWS Config. Now, the new feature extends this experience to AWS CDK customers. So CDK customers can now visualize their application, view the application structure, including the underlying resources, view alerts, investigate and remediate operation issues, and track costs using the application manager. And finally, if you're located in Korea or you prefer to converse in Korean, AWS support in Korean is now generally available in all commercial regions. So now you can choose Korean in addition to Chinese, English, and Japanese as your preferred language to interact with our team of support engineers and customer support representatives. Quick update for media services. If you deliver multi-channel audio experiences, you can now use AWS Elemental Link UHD to pass through Dolby Digital and Dolby Plus audio to your AWS Elemental Media Live channel. Let's talk about some updates for migration and transfer. We're happy to announce the AWS DataSync Discovery is in general availability. This gives you visibility into on-premises storage performance and utilization and provides recommendations to simplify and accelerate data migration to AWS. DataSync Discovery enables you to understand your on-premises storage performance and capacity through automated data collection and analysis. It helps you quickly identify data to be migrated and evaluate suggested AWS storage services that align to your performance and capacity needs. Capabilities added since preview include support for NetApp ONTAP 9.7, recommendations at cluster and storage virtual machine levels, and discovery job events in Amazon EventBridge. And the AWS Noble Edge Compute Optimized devices now support Amazon S3 compatible storage. So you can use this to store data and run highly available applications on these devices by delivering secure object storage with high resiliency, increased scale, and an expanded S3 API feature set in a rugged mobile edge and disconnected environment. Now, some really interesting updates in the topic of security, identity, and compliance. AWS Verified Access is now generally available. Now, this is a service that helps you provide secure access to your corporate applications without using a VPN. Built based on AWS Zero Trust principles, you can use Verified Access to implement a work-from-anywhere model with added security and scalability. Now, Verified Access evaluates each access request in real time based on the user's identity and the device posture using fine-grained policies. For instance, you can create policies that permit only certain user groups to access specific applications and only if they're using compliant devices. Verified Access now includes support for AWS WAF to further increase application security. Using AWS WAF, you can filter out broad internet-based attacks like SQL injection and cross-site scripting. Additionally, Verified Access now passes signed identity context, such as a user's login alias, to your applications. If your application receives a request without the signed context, it can reject the request, increasing its security. 
The signed context also includes user attributes such as role and department, which can be used to streamline application personalization. So for example, you can display custom content in your application based on employee roles. This is now available in 10 AWS regions, including Ohio, North Virginia, North California, Oregon, Sydney, Canada Central, Frankfurt Island, London, and Sao Paulo. And the AWS Resource Manager, AWS RAM, now supports customer-managed permissions so that you can author and maintain fine-grained resource access controls for supported resource types. Now, AWS RAM helps you securely share your resources across AWS accounts within your organization or organizational units and with IAM roles and users. With customer-managed permissions, you can apply the principles of least privilege or the minimum permissions required to perform a task. You can now define the granularity of your customer-managed permissions by precisely specifying who can do what under which conditions for the resource types included in your resource share. For example, as a cloud security admin, you can author tailored customer-managed permissions for Amazon Virtual Private Cloud IP address pools, which can help manage your IP addresses at scale. Then, the network admin can share the IPAM pools using the tailored permissions so that developers can assign IP addresses but not view the range of IP addresses that other developer accounts assign. For granting access to sensitive actions such as viewing the IP address range in an IPAM pool, you can add conditions such as requiring the actions are performed by users authenticated using multi-factor authentication. AWS Firewall Manager has added support for multiple administrators. In fact, you can now create up to 10 AWS Firewall Manager administrator accounts from AWS Organization Service to manage your firewall policies. And AWS WAF Capture has launched a JavaScript API support. So you can now use the Capture JavaScript API for enhanced control over the Capture workflows. Now, AWS WAF Capture helps you block unwanted bot traffic by requiring users to successfully solve visual or audio problems. Now, until now, Web Capture redirected customers to a different page. Now you can improve your customer experience by embedding the capture problem in your existing web page, including single page applications. Speaking of WAF, we're now announcing the AWS WAF Ready Partner Offerings. These are partners with software products that integrate with AWS Web Application Firewall, ensuring websites and applications are protected and ready to go. The AWS WAF Ready Specialization offers customers a simple solution to deploying and maintaining their application layer security with AWS WAF Ready Partner Offerings. A really interesting update for Amazon GuardDuty, it now supports AWS Lambda. Now, if you don't use Amazon GuardDuty, you should. This is my regular reminder. It expands its threat detection coverage to continually monitor network activity logs, starting with your VPC flow logs, generated for the execution of AWS Lambda functions to detect threats to Lambda, such as functions maliciously repurposed for unauthorized cryptocurrency mining or compromised Lambda functions that are communicating with well-known threat actor servers. GuardDuty Lambda protection can be enabled with just a few steps in the console and using organizations that can be centrally enabled for everything that you're running. And Amazon Inspector now supports deep inspection of EC2 instances when the continual EC2 scanning feature is activated. With this expanded capability, Inspector now identifies software vulnerabilities in application programming packages like Python, Java, and Node.js packages, in addition to operating system packages. Inspector discovers these application programming packages installed in default directory paths and lets you provide custom paths as well. And this feature is activated by default for all new customers and existing customers can activate it with one click in the console and is offered with no additional cost to Inspector customers. 
And a couple of updates on the topic of storage to finish us off today. Amazon S3 now applies to security best practices to all new buckets by default. We've been talking about this for a while. In fact, it was announced back in December 13th and to begin deployment on April 5th of 2023. And it is now applied to all AWS regions. What this means is the two new default bucket security settings automatically enabled are S3 block public access and disabling S3 access to access control lists for all new S3 buckets. And finally, AWS Backup has announced support for SAP HANA databases on Amazon EC2, so you can centrally automate your backup and restore all of your SAP HANA application data in addition to a whole bunch of supported AWS services. This means you can create and manage immutable backups of SAP HANA databases across all your accounts, help protect your data from inadvertent or malicious actions, and most importantly, restore the data. So lots of cool updates there. Thanks for bearing with me as you had one voice to listen to this time. I hope you uh, did enjoy it. Please provide your feedback. As always, podcast at amazon.com is the email address. You can also link off the podcast page to leave us audio feedback. And of course, until next time, keep on building.